Episode 59, Hey Love Podcast. You've got to know the people in your community. I'm not saying it'll be fixed. There will be brokenness forever. But we can, as a people, we can make every effort to go the extra step to make things better. We were created to know him and to make him known. Welcome to Hey Love, engaging you, the reflective woman, in soul care, spirituality, and social spaces through the grid of God's grace. Here, it's all about relationships. Hey love, glad you're back for more of our conversation with Tangie Lane and Allison Fontenot. Today, the unlikely BFFs answer the question, why is racial reconciliation important in the body of Christ? Have you ever heard that the most segregated hour of the week in this country is Sunday morning? What do you think of that? Do you feel like, is that a big deal? Today's pre-interview commentary is a little bit shorter than usual. Maybe that's a big relief in your ears. (laughs) But I'm rushing around like a chicken trying to get ready because my daughter has this ultimate Frisbee tournament, and I'm anxious to get back into this conversation. So I'm just going to be listening along with you while I'm packing. Last episode, you heard us talking about all that we've gleaned from mixing things up racially through opportunities that just sort of presented themselves naturally, organically at the school, New Hope Academy. I share how I was prejudiced and how cultivating a friendship with a white girl in grade school made it really hard for me to keep hating people just because they had white skin. Allison talked about having a true friend who happened to have dark skin has made her feel supported and not alone, even through bouts with depression, and how God has made his name known to her in fresh ways since she started reaching beyond her comfortable white lines. Tangi touched on what it was like to watch the entire community come together. First, as she cared for her baby girl who was suffering with a rare blood disease. And then today, she's going to tell you about the time this same family pulled out all the stops to put on a wedding back in 2007. And that wedding, I tell you, is still the talk of the town. And it knit the NHA family together in a whole new way. These are some great women. Here they are, Tangie Lane and Allison Fontenot, talking about why they take racial reconciliation to heart. It's important because it's biblical. I mean, God tells us to be in unity, and that's all believers. And I think, as especially as white Christians in America, we can think that it's all about us. <laughs> I'm the only white woman in here, but I'm just saying it. it well, you live in a world that, that supports that. Yes. So, I mean, it's, and I don't, you're not saying that in a negative way. No. Like, you're just but, saying it as a matter of fact. And, and it, but if you take that a step further, any circle would think it's all about us. If you get in the black community, certain situations, we may think it's all about us, but some of that we have to shed. It's doable. Yeah, if we can get over ourselves. And I think it's important to New Hope Academy because Paige, the founder, she sees the beauty in it. Mm. And she knows that's what God desires. And so to create a place where people of different backgrounds can come together mm-hmm. and experience God and then to go out into the world mm-hmm. to make him known. Um, they had a sign up for a while that said, as a, as a 
Christian, as people, we were created to know him and to make him known. Yes. That's it. And so to have a place where we can come and to raise our kids in knowing him and even some parents that because I will definitely say I grew so much much at New Hope Academy, sitting in devotions and, you know, in parent teacher conferences and even in the assignments that they gave the kids. Yeah, I I remember that. And so to create a place where that can happen and then you're building up these people, children, adults, you know. That can go out into the world and spread it because it is beautiful and it is what God wants. And just, yep, you're going to be wrong. I'm going to be wrong. You're going to be right. I'm going to be right. But we have to have those conversations and get to know each other because it's so much better to go through that and to come out on the other side than to just assume that you're right and to miss out on so much and Mm. to be so stubborn and to be so fixated on what you are comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or your rights. Yeah. What you just You've got to get uncomfortable. You have to get over yourself. Yes. <laughs> That's good. I was thinking about how we, even as small children, and I think there are studies that, research studies that would bear this out, gravitate towards people who are like us. Yes. Mm. I mean, we've sat here and said how many things we have in common, but if we passed each other on the street, we would only see the differences, right? right? Mm. Your skin is a different color than mine. We grew up in totally different right. neighborhoods. We've had different mm-hmm. life experiences. And I think children naturally are a little bit better at overcoming those visible differences and you know, just playing together. And I think that's why Paige's model at New Hope has been successful. And they teach us. I mean, it was through our daughters wanting to be friends that right. we got to know each other. God tells us in Revelation that heaven will be full of people from every tribe, tongue, and people group. You've heard me say this before, but if we're going to pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, why are we not working towards that? Mm. If that's the picture of what heaven's going to be like, like it was at your wedding, but with far more languages and races, then why would we not intentionally be about that while we're here? Right especially with everything that's going on in the world and in America as far as race. I think I can say, as a white woman in America, that when you care about somebody of a different race, and you, I always call it the emergency contact friend, when she is the person that the school calls, Mm. now I'm going to cry again. (laughs) Because you can't get to your sick kid then you, where am I going with that? <laughs> then you trust her enough to do that. Then you're able to have those hard conversations. It evokes compassion mm-hmm. <laughs> and a different perspective instead of just seeing things from your lens, which is limited. Yeah. So, and it, it will so keep us from clumping everyone together, those people. Right. It, I mean, because when you get to know, you realize the complexities of a race, and it'll keep you from getting numb. To what you're saying, well, if they didn't do this and if they didn't do that, then you know what I'm saying? Because you realize it's just not that black and white. <laughs> yes. Um, so many stereotypes. Right. right. Because you're in relationship and you can say, just like you said, there's so much more to them. And it's tricky in that because when you think of law enforcement, of course you want them to be safe and to protect themselves. I mean, my brother-in-law is a police officer in Murfreesboro. My uncle um, was a police officer here. My aunt, like, like they're police officers on both sides and Mm -hmm. we want them to come home safely and so you you want that and at the same time 
the person that's perpetrating a crime or you think might be to to have that moment of not prejudging and not jumping to a conclusion mm-hmm. is important just as is important for a police officer to be um, thinking of their safety and to protect themselves. And it's, again, you've got to get to know your community. You've got to know the people in your community. I'm not saying it'll be fixed. There will be brokenness forever. But we can, as a people, um, make every effort. Yeah, yeah, we can make every effort to go the extra step of trying to to make things better. I feel like women in particular in the church can be the catalyst for that. Mm, Another thing I learned from Scotty, I remember a Valentine's Day sermon where he said, God has made women to be, you need to ask your wife what you can do better in marriage. so good. Because God has made women to be relational. We understand how to, we don't have to go play a game of basketball to connect with each other. Not that that's Mm -hmm. wrong, but that's more so guys have to be active and bonding, but we can sit and talk and... right. And relate to one another and find common ground. And I really believe that, I believe there are a lot of white women in the church right now who desire that but don't know how to go about it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Particularly in communities that are homogenous, like I grew up in. (laughs) So how would you encourage my listener who might be that woman? Maybe just give her two ideas. I think if you're a mom... You definitely need to put diversity into your children's lives, even if there's not a friend to play with who has a different color skin. You can read books to them. Buy them baby dolls who have a different color skin. Um, That's a great idea. Yeah, my daughter used to tote around her little brown babies everywhere. So when she bought her American cute. Girl doll, she wanted the one with the textured hair and the dark skin. So cute. I think that's one thing, and I do think children naturally... Are, are better at it, like I said before, mm. better at building relationships with people who look differently. So if you do happen to, like, I know my um, brother and his wife live in a community that is a little bit more diverse in Birmingham, a suburb of Birmingham, and my nieces have Hispanic children in, the, in their class. They have black children in their class. Invite one of them over. That's how you get to know the parents. Good. You have a play date, and then you talk to them. Tangie talks about when I asked her to watch my daughter because I couldn't pick her up from school one day. Oh, yeah. That was really early on in our friendship, and she was blown away because at that point she lived in the housing projects, and she said that she thought to herself, do you know where I live? (laughs) You want to bring your baby over? But she also said that she knew that I trusted her, and I did. I didn't think twice about it. I think the other thing I would say about educating yourself is there are so many resources out there. The way that I started to understand that there was a world outside of my white suburban upbringing was by reading books about racial reconciliation, about even fiction. There's mm-hmm. a lot of fiction out there. There's movies. There are things, if you, if you look, and you don't have to look very far. There would are you lots have of, one or two of each that you would recommend? I know early on that one that I had read on staff at New Hope was John Perkins' book, and I can't remember the name of it. I know that book. Diff- no, that was a different one. Same kind of different as me is uh, those, that artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I'll list both those. Hidden Figures. Yes, it's excellent. We had family movie night for a while before our teenagers got really busy. And when it was my turn to pick, I would always pick a movie that had racial messages. You know, I'll list those. And have the conversation. 
Yeah. Ooh, The Kitchen House is a really good fiction oh, book. Yeah. Have you read I've that? I've never heard that. Oh my goodness. Okay, that That's book is one. about a little girl who is, she and her parents are supposed to be indentured servants coming over during times of slavery, like in the 18, mid-1800s. Are they Irish? Yes, from mm. Ireland, and her parents die on the passage, and this oh. plantation owner ends up with this little red-headed little Irish girl, and he doesn't know what to do with her, but she mm. basically belongs to him. Mm. So he puts her with his slaves, mm-hmm. and she ends up being raised by them. So talk about mind-blowing. And there's two, actually. There's a sequel, but just Is that to, a true story? No. No, but, but it's But just good. to think about... She views herself as brown. I mean... Wow. Because she those are her people. Yes, they raised I mean, the her. mama treats her like, like she's her mama. And, wow. Yeah. So then as she grows, right. you see the complications that arise because suddenly she's viewed differently uh-huh. and she doesn't understand and why. And she can't be with them. She needs to come in the house. Oh, really good. But that's her family. Tangie, I know that you started everything earlier. So how old were you when you were married? Oh, I did that late. Um, <laughs> I was 30. You were already 30? I turned 30 weeks before. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most celebratory weddings. I it mean, was it was amazing. a party. I remember how the whole community came together. Describe what that was like for you when you saw everybody coming together for your wedding. Well, it's funny because Tori didn't want to do that. He's like, it costs too much money. Let's just go to the courthouse and get it done. Mm-hmm. And I can remember other people saying, no, we have prayed too long for <laughs> this to happen. to happen. Yes. You're giving us away. That's right. <laughs> when we became friends, you weren't married. No, no. And so it was unbelievable. It was literally the hands and feet of Jesus. Aww. I don't remember what it was, but we met at Lena Bell's house and we were working on something. I think just going over like um, the reception and what it would look like and what it would be like. And they asked me what I wanted it to be. And I said... Jesus is invited to this wedding. Mm. I want it to be that he is coming to, like, he's there. And, Uh like, it's not about Tori and I as much as it is what Jesus did. And so I felt like he really was there. Like, there was this feeling Tori and I talk about all the time that we'd never felt before in that room. It was Mm -hmm. just... We were so at peace. It was, it was, if ever God had told us to do something and we knew we were walking in what he told us to do, mm, that was a time. So good. And so um, it was just unbelievable. It still blows Tori's mind because he is an athlete. He had his guy friends and he was the jock and the big man on campus. He had that life. Yeah. And he was not seeking Jesus up until March of that year. Mm. So, um, his faith was very, very fresh. Mm. And so to see people live out what God has called them to do that early on, like, you know, big on that big of a stage was mind blowing to him. Yeah. Like it was it was things we could never have imagined. I think it just showed him even more how much God loved him and how much um, living for him is what we were really meant to do. And that yeah. living for ourselves is just it pales so much, even though in our mind. We can kind of think, oh, I can do this, I can do that. But really, we can't do anything. Mm. And so, yeah, it was it was probably over 500 people there and because we have big families. And then we've always lived here. So all the friends that we've made along the way. <laughs> the whole New Hope Academy. Yes, because our kid, we had kids and we included them in the service and all their friends and all the people that knew our story and had prayed for our relationship and had walked with us. Um, it was like a service. It was like a worship mm-hmm. ceremony. Yeah. And beautiful. a beautiful picture of who they are in the community yeah. as far as everybody loves them. Oh, 
I've Tangie, never heard people cheering on a couple like that. Angie has talked about how she's always felt like God has made her a bridge between races mm. from a young age. When I, didn't, I mean, had, I didn't know that's what I she was. She had white bridesmaids. You know, she just yeah. it was much yes. more diverse than most African-American weddings you would see yeah. around so here. Cool. And, and it was also a picture of that in that room. Yeah, absolutely. I remember Pastor Chris great saying mix. that. He said, if y'all want to know what heaven's going to be like or something to that effect. Yes. Look around this room. It is very diverse in this mm-hmm. room. And then we danced. Oh, my word, did we dance. <laughs> we danced harder at that wedding than ever, before or since. Yeah. Really, it was, it was just so the best fun. party. Oh, what a great celebration that was of Jesus, like you said. What do you hope that a close friend might say at your funeral? <laughs> this is Tangie's question. Oh, my word. Just It's a mini eulogy. But I'm already far, anxious, far and now you got me thinking about I'm going to die and what people are going <laughs> to say. We're all going to some point. I know, but I will probably die some long, horrible death, and that's all I think about, and I don't want to. But um, it's funny. I was at work yesterday, and I was looking at this question, and I was talking to Brenda. And I said, Brenda, this is making me so uncomfortable. And she said, why? I said, Brenda, it's talking about my eulogy. <laughs> but she... Um, she talked about what she thought of me. And I, and then listening to her and even thinking prior to that, I would hope people say that I love Jesus. And it was evident in the way that I treated my family, my friends, and the people around me. I, I would really hope that I was light and not darkness when I was around. You definitely are. Absolutely, I would say you'd get that. And just for clarification for my listener, Brenda is Brenda Hayworth? Yes. Yeah. Brenda Hayward, so yeah, at New Hope Academy. Yay. She's another one of my good friends, and we Love cut it. up a lot <laughs> at work. I'm sure you bring light to her days. She has a hard job. She does. the front desk. She does. She's a wonderful woman. Allison, what about you? I will read anything. I'm a big reader. Early on in our marriage, Court used to wave cereal boxes in front of me and say, look, words. Oh, <laughs> you know? cute. I, if I pick up a paper, I read the obituaries, too. Like, I read it cover to cover. Really? And I think part of that is from my dad. He would often read the obituaries because he wanted to see if any of his former patients had passed away. Because he Aww. had a lot of sick, elderly people that he took care of. And yeah. um, I love the backstory about people's lives. If I'm if I'm mm. watching a sports game, I'm much more interested in the color Me commentary too. and the. That's I want to know what's your story. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. the, the, the pieces they do at the Olympics about the athletes. Yes, that's my favorite part. Me too. And so I've noticed that I get annoyed with the obituaries that list people's accomplishments and their, mm. you know, he did this, then he worked here, and then, you know, he got this award. I hope, Mm. I don't have too many accolades to list anyway, but I hope that a friend would say, would tell about my personality, you know, Mm. that that maybe she brought joy where she went and that she encouraged people and was generous. Oh, yeah. Right on. Why am I crying again? (laughs) I'm very, um, I don't know. These are thought-provoking questions for me. Yes. And I'm on too much medication to cry, so... (laughs) You're not going to see a tear over here, but I can see why, because it really makes you <laughs> And I quit inside. my medication. That is probably why I'm crying. <laughs> I quit mine years ago, and now I feel everything. Oh, yes, Lord, help me. Yes, yeah. but I think God makes us sensitive for a reason, right? Yeah. So, so can you expound a little, like, tell us what's behind your tears? Um, probably back to the theme in this conversation of um, 
striving versus just being who God's made you to be, you know? Even if you know your characteristics that He's given you, if you know He's made you a generous person, you can still turn that into a striving thing. Mm. I need to give more. I need to do more. I need to be more joyful. Well, it's we never know that, enough. No, and yeah. you're not going to be able to do it without Him doing it through you. So, mm. so maybe uh, would you say that your tears are just like an acceptance, coming to the place where you're just embracing the fact that you're human? I think so. That's definitely a journey I feel like I'm on in my 40s, you know, resting Great. instead of striving. Resting. So you didn't know you needed tissues for me. Oh, I got them. I you brought them. I've been going to prayer meeting at New Hope on Wednesday mornings. Oh, dear. And it's it's amazing because it's almost all alumni mothers. I wondered about it's that. so like, sweet. Could I come? Yes, oh, please come. Because that was one of my that was like it is the highlight of my week. So I'm strange you, because that prayer group. Yeah, it's life giving, which oh. is so. We'll we'll all stop at the end of an hour and look at each other and go, Wow, what just happened? God was totally. We there. did the same thing. Did it you was, go when Yanni yeah. used oh. to go and pray in Spanish? Yes, that was amazing. That because you had no idea me. what she was saying, but you, and then Amanda would just you know oh, she's still there. Amanda McKeon, she would just start praying and just start so clapping, powerful. and I'm like, what? What's happening? <laughs> we're clapping. So she prays while so we're powerfully. In, while we're in prayer, this is so bizarre, but it was so right and so good. It taught me a whole new yes. And way she'll say, and "Lord, you said to Nehemiah." You know, yes. yes. She will just she will say it with it. her Jamaican accent, and she's so fierce and intense yes. when she's praying. Passionate. Oh, love hearing her. But prayer. I don't know why I was telling you that. Oh, I cry when I pray too. So I brought a box of tissues for the prayer room. <laughs> Yeah, well, have have I have some tissues. No, you're fine. You like. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of my tears either. That's Sometimes crazy. they do pop up at embarrassing times. Do you have one that's like the most embarrassing? Parent-teacher conferences? Oh. You know how much as a mother you love your child and you get their strengths and weaknesses. And I've never been a parent who's been defensive about my kids. Like, what do you mean he did that? That doesn't sound like him. I'm more the parent who was so like, what did he do? Side. You know, <laughs> Or what mm. did she do? But yeah, hearing a teacher... Whether it was good or a struggle, you know, oh. hearing them love my, and that's part of the special place that they got to go oh, to elementary honey. school. I didn't yeah. cry in middle school parent-teacher conferences, right. but having <laughs> yeah. people but love your school, child and pour into them. Yeah. You felt that they loved your kid. It wasn't just about teaching them. Yes. I felt that too. Every single teacher. There's not a lemon in that bunch. <laughs> I am seriously going to have to get back in that prayer room as soon as I possibly can. I have a Bible study on Wednesday morning, so I haven't been in years. My Bible study always just seems to land on that day. Maybe if I get my act together early enough in the morning, I could go before the study. Maybe, just maybe, I could plan ahead and actually pack all my Bible study stuff and have it ready to go before I leave the house. Nah, that'll never happen. You got to be organized to do that. I would like to go to the prayer room, though, again, if I ever do sign up for a study on a Tuesday or a Thursday. (laughs) Do you have a prayer room at your school? If not, consider starting a MOPS group. Or maybe you could join one that's already up and running. They have groups all over the country. It's an organization made up of moms. I want to say it stands for Moms of Prayer or Moms of Preschoolers. I can't remember. 
Anyway, I was part of one for a couple of years. I joined them late in the game. Um, They had been meeting together since their kids were in pre-K. And I came on when all their kids were already in high school with mine. I made some lifelong friends in that sweet little mops group. I loved those ladies just as much as I loved the moms in the Carolee prayer room at New Hope Academy. I tell you, there is nothing like a group of women who are going to be praying for your kid. That just, nothing means more to a mom than that. It means everything. Another thing I miss about school as parents was Saturday school. I don't know what they're like at your kid's school, but but at New Hope, it was like something we look forward to. We blocked it out weeks, months in advance and protected it all year long. It was such a blast. My kids still speak so fondly of their elementary school memories and teachers. Do you remember your favorite teacher? Mrs. Golden was mine. Although my school was a little different from New Hope Academy, it was Public School 186 in Queens, New York. Mrs. Golden was my teacher. She was Italian and Jewish and another white person who blew more holes in my theory that all white people were bad people. You know, prejudice just has a way of losing its power when you have a friend on the other side. Again, I got to just say thank you, Scotty Smith, for supplying more than half the quotes used thus far in all these interviews that I've conducted in the last two years of podcasting. I have got to get Scotty in here so you can meet him too. You will just love hearing from him. He's been a spiritual father to so many in my sweet little community, including Paige Pitts. You're going to hear from her next. Paige is the founder of the little school that we keep talking about here. I promise it's not meant to sound like a big ad for the place. But remember, we just talk about what we know. You know, everyone has a tendency to do that. And New Hope Academy just happens to be a big part of the story for many of us. Paige is going to share from her very worn Bible a passage from Isaiah 41. This is the very passage that motivated her to found this special little greenhouse of a school called New Hope in the heart of our little town. Paige had a cold the day she was here, and part of her reading is inaudible. So I'm just going to read the first part and let her pick up around the latter part of that passage. Isaiah 41, 17. The poor and needy are seeking water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. I, the Lord, will answer them myself. I, the God of Israel, will not neglect them. I will open rivers on the barren heights and springs in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a reed pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will put the cedar in the wilderness, the acacia, the myrtle, and the olive tree. I will place the juniper in the desert together with the box tree and the cypress so they may see and know and consider and understand together. The hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. Ah, so it was this passage awesome. that the Lord really, and, and the whole metaphor of water, you know, the first part when he's talking about the poor and the needy and they're searching for water, their tongues are parched, just this idea that God was calling us to pour generously. Yes. And to me that was like, those who don't have the opportunity for Christ-centered education, you are to go and pour generously. Mm-hmm. You are to provide for them what you would want for yourself. It's not um, 
something that you contain just for what you want for your own family. It's like, what does God want for our community? And so mm. the idea of pouring generously and then um, and this mission to the underserved in our community and um, the next part really talking about God creating these um, pools of water and these rivers flowing on barren heights, you know, for me was this idea that God wants us to instill in our children the truths um, through a worldview mm-hmm. that's founded in Scripture. This, 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 you know, rich um, educational opportunity to to drink deeply, mm-hmm. and so the idea of pouring generously to those who otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity. The idea to drink deeply that our children need to drink deeply mm-hmm. in the Word and in in the educational system to gain this beautiful view of who God is. And then thirdly, the idea of this desert, and, and you see this picture of all these different kinds of trees being put in the desert, mm. you know, the cedar and the acacia and the myrtle and the cypress and the fir, and um, he puts them all in the wasteland, like in the desert, right? Crazy. And um, and yet they thrive, you know, these, the, the water comes, which... I believe it's the Lord and the Holy Spirit comes. Mm. And um, to me, this was the beauty of a diverse community of people that wasn't going to be just Mm. for the underserved or just for the poor, but this was to be a school that would bring people that are from all walks of life, Mm. socioeconomically, racially, culturally, that together this community would truly be a reflection of who our creator is. And so I love that how it ends. It says, so that, like, I'm going to do all this, right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring the river. I'm going to make the pool. And, you know, I'm going to take care of the parched tongues. Um, mm. He says, so that people may see and know and consider and understand that it's the hand of the Lord that mm. has done this. Only, only Jesus only can do this. And so that was the scripture the Lord really gave me in oh. saying, okay. Let's go do this. I love that. Yeah. So, and it's so true because it wasn't just the only the underserved in our community that benefited. We no. felt so enriched. That community felt like a little greenhouse. Mm. It was such a time of explosive growth for everyone in our family. Yeah. Like a tree planted by water. And I think looking back to, I mean, certainly it was what God was doing, but, um, he, he needs to change all of us. It, it's this formation, right? This foundation mm-hmm. in every one of us to understand what it looks like mm-hmm. to love and care for others. Mm-hmm. And so your children, my children, hopefully have been formed and impacted by their environment. Mm-hmm. Now that's part of what, you know, we are affected mm-hmm. by our environment, our family environment our community environment, our world environment, it does, it's, it's you know, the palette or it's the, the canvas, mm-hmm. right, in which mm-hmm. kind of um, our lives are painted. And so to have that canvas, um, it changes us. You know, mm-hmm. I've watched it with my own son who's in a predominantly white school now, and he definitely views the issues that are going on right now, racial issues that are in the news, differently oh, very different mm-hmm. but he has conversations and he Good. he can influence his right. uh, sphere of friends to think differently he can't make That's them right. but he can certainly 
um, speak into things. And, and I've seen that with all kinds of Do Hope people. So you're right. It's, it's formative in that, yeah, we're going we're gonna to journey through life with people that aren't just like us. And we will be changed and, and hopefully better equipped mm. when we walk into our next season of life. Mm-hmm. So I've world. seen the Lord do that for sure. And, you know, mm. that we all need each other. Yeah, you know, it's not just for the, the underserved poor. or the yeah. poor. It's it's because we all need to be enriched. So good, so true. I'm so glad you came to my town, oh. and had this dream deposited in you, and had the sensitivity to the spirit to receive it, and really pray for confirmation, and then cultivate it. And I, I mean, I feel like I got a front row seat and watched it grow. You know, you just had a few, you had a handful of tutors at first, turned into something bigger, and then something bigger, and then you brought land, and then there was a school, and it's phenomenal what well, it's turned into. Well, you know that it's it's the body of Christ. I mean, mm-hmm. Carthy, if it wasn't for you and Tammy and others that said, oh my gosh, yes, mm-hmm. let's go do this. Mm-hmm. It just never happens with one person. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord, like, you know, the scriptures say we are the body. There are some that are the eyes and the feet and the hands. And and um, that is how God has designed us to work. Mm-hmm. And so kingdom work is built through community. And so you and others and Blair and your children mm-hmm. and all of those who jumped in that river, mm-hmm. you know, pioneered this and formed it. So, Do you remember the first time... Um, <laughs> This went right after you moved here, and you, you know, started having these visions and dreams about reaching this community. And you asked me to draw a map to tell you how to get to. I believe it was Ivy and Tabitha's house. <laughs> so I drew out a map of the pro- of the housing projects and wrote Natchez, and you're going to go down here. And you went door to door and knocked on those doors and. Well, you were already you. in relationship with these friends. Well, the, the little the kids, but you met the moms, and they were all coming to me at the park the next Saturday, and going, "There's a little redheaded white girl <laughs> knocking on our doors, coming around and talking about our kids." It was just the sweetest thing. But they loved you. They totally embraced mm-hmm. you because you, the authenticity, the radiance of Christ from within you. They sensed the sincerity, and they trusted you. Hmm. So, but just when they were describing just a picture of this little white girl walking door to door, and you know, just talking about, "Hey, how can I pray for you?" And then one of them taught you how to make hot water cornbread. Oh yeah, I remember I it like it was that. yesterday. They're just, still my friends. You well, know? you were building relationships. That was thirty years ago. Mm. Can you believe? Mm. My and life the is so rich has exploded. I know. The joy of it is being able to to walk along, to link arms, totally. you know, it's to link great. arms and do do the work of the kingdom together. And that's just been mm. certainly life changing for me, for sure. So great. Well, Paige Pitts, what did I tell you? A true hero of mine, and now you can see why. And did you notice that she kept deflecting? Like she's so reluctant to take any credit for starting this whole thing. She came up with the idea for this school, New Hope Academy, while she was in her 20s. 
What was I doing when I was in my 20s? Well, I've told you, love, that when I first started leading a small group of high school girls from Christ Community Church in my early 20s, I was already in way over my head. And then while we were on summer break, I was asked to branch out (laughs) and lead a small group of African-American kids from the housing projects in town. I tell you, that was like stepping into another world, or maybe back in time for me. Because I was so struck with how tightly knit the siblings and cousins and neighbors were. And the community as a whole kind of functioned and moved and mingled together like a large family unit. What I saw was a harmony that reminded me of my heritage back in India. I guess I'd gotten away from that way of groupthink for so long. And it, um, being with those young girls from the most underserved echelon of society, and then later meeting with their moms and falling in love with them too, that whole experience awakened a longing in me that I had just, you know, sort of forgotten. I saw all these kids and their extended families supporting each other so beautifully. Now they knew how to live out love. It was just a way of life to them, you know, a lifestyle of interdependence, the same kind that I saw among my Indian relatives. Speaking of India, I am so pleased to sense your interest in our trip this summer. You sound almost as excited as I feel. Davy and I are making plans for Halo Henna and praying about the India trip. The two sort of go together. And yes, She is the one in the photo on the website, on the partner page. If you haven't seen the photo I'm talking about, she is modeling some Hey Love Henna samples on her arms and shoulder. If you were one of the ones who asked if that was my daughter, you are correct. Isn't she lovely? That's my Davy Joy. To read all about Hey Love Henna, go to the website, heylovepodcast.com. We're working on getting the pre-order system uh, set up in the next week or so. Still trying to figure all that out. Have no idea how to do it. And if you're one of the first to pre-order your Hey Love Henna, you will enable us to take some of this fabulous, beautiful product with us to India. So it's like you pre-order one for you and then you automatically are sending one to them. My dream is to place at least one of these tattoos in the hands of every Indian woman we meet. These are gorgeous, metallic, waterproof, non-toxic tattoos. And they're temporary. I mean, they come off with a little coconut oil. You are going to love wearing Hala Fena. There are all these Christ-centered symbols and phrases. It's just so beautiful. My friend Mariah Elrod is designing these and all handmade custom. They, I am crazy about these. So go to the website, halofpodcast.com and click on partner with us. That will tell you all you need to know. Well, all that we know, at least for now. I mean, yeah. So come back and make your pre-order real soon. I'm sorry it's not set up yet. We're working on it. I promise. Soon it will be ready. And again, love, stay tuned for the outtakes at the very end after the outro music. In the outtakes this time, Tangie and Allison react to my telling them that Paige Pitts, the founder of the school we're always talking about, I tell them that Paige is actually coming in to make a few comments on this episode. Their reaction is priceless. Well, if you haven't hit that little subscribe button yet, get on it because in a couple of weeks, Bart Millard is coming in to talk about his new movie named after that 
unforgettable tribute to his dad, I can only imagine. Bart will be telling us the whole story behind his mega hit super song. You're going to love this movie. I got to see a rough cut of it. And mm, I'm telling you, just bring some tissue. That's all I got to say. Bart Millard coming up soon, right here in a couple of weeks. It's just around the corner. Okay, Blair is at a rehearsal right now, so I'm going to be reading the review for today. Oh, ain't got no review to read. (laughs) That's all right. But if you enjoyed this episode, please consider writing one about it or telling us about your favorite one or sharing this with another person. Just one other person. Maybe it's something they would enjoy, talking about racial reconciliation. Or maybe it's a way you start a conversation with someone different than you. I don't know. Maybe you could listen to it with a, with a new friend of a different ethnicity or a small group of moms from your kid's school or something. Maybe you listen together and then discuss it. Ooh, if you end up doing that, please write in and let me know how that goes. I would love to hear about it. Email me at heylovepodcast at gmail.com. We might just have to read part of your letter on the air, if you're okay with that. I mean, I will take it to mean that you are. If you write in anywhere, I'm kind of assuming that you're okay with me reading some of it. If not, please let me know, or I can make it an anonymous thing or something like that. I'll respect your wishes, for sure. That's it for me today, love. Stay tuned for the outtakes. Don't forget, again, you are going to belly laugh. Till next time. Bye, love. My thanks to the heroic, handsome, most talented rock star, keyboard player, producer, engineer extraordinaire, and my best friend, Blair Masters, for setting it all to music. And thank you for joining us. Come on back, and we'll talk more about how you can find your happy by living life more connected. Paige is coming on here. I just got her to commit to it. Are like, please don't meet her like the week before <laughs> us. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I'd be like, here's the really articulate person and here's the no, 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 no. It's so great because you guys have the dynamic of this relationship that nobody Have else. you ever interviewed two people at once? No. I mean, a uh, married couple, but that's yeah. completely different. Like, I'm like, uh, and she, it's right on the, it's right there. She's sharp. And compassion, and sensitivity, and wisdom. Oh, yes. my goodness. And knowledge of the Bible. I don't like mm-hmm. her. <laughs> we because. don't either, but we could have yeah. her.